It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about the Bears' offense, specifically the offensive line. Larry Borum finished the game. Braxton Jones did not. My sense is that was just because of a conditioning thing and uh, the 70%, 30% split they talked about going in. Where's Nate Davis stand in his return? Because I look at the right side of the offensive line, and I see Tevin Jenkins, whose grades, again, were outstanding, and you saw some highlights where he was pancaking people and throwing people around. It was as – it was obvious as he has been in a while, and I think he was very good. And Darnell Wright continues to impress at right tackle. So, Dan, I look at the right side and feel pretty good about it. You look at the left side and you wonder, and you wonder how Nate Davis will slide back in, if he slides back in at all when he comes back. Well, Braxton seemed to come through Sunday's game all right. He played 52 of the 68 snaps, which is a pretty good percentage for his first game back off of IR. Obviously, have to see how his neck responds on a short week. Again, like this is a, a pain tolerance issue for a lot of guys trying to make this quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday night and trying to get your body uh, back in playing condition so that you can be functional. Um, I, I think that their offensive line at times, you saw some of the pockets that Tyson Bajan was thrown out of, and you go, man, that's – that's sturdy and it's quiet and it allows a quarterback to uh, go through his reads. I remember one particular throw that I start is a, a, in relation to Bajent. Uh, it's a, a third read to, to Robert Tunyon over the middle. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts but the pocket allowed that to be a third read over the middle. And Tyson got through his reads quickly and he came back and he ripped the throw and he moved the chains and, and you go, man, this is what happens when a quarterback can trust what's happening in front of them. So you, you, you hope the bears are moving in the right direction uh, in regards to that. Now it's just a matter of getting as many guys as healthy as possible playing in continuity for a long period of time. That's going to be really interesting to see. I don't have any updates on Nate Davis uh, and where that high ankle sprain leaves him. Um, and then obviously Tevin has, has been, been really good since he's been back and the key all along, as you and I have said uh, at least a dozen times, is can you play six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row? Right now, he's playing pretty well. Cole Komet made that great catch in the end zone. He's been a favorite target of Tyson Bajans during his three-game stint. You wonder how that continues. He's having a pretty good run here lately. You look at Darnell Mooney, who had his best game of the season, very familiar territory. He went to college in New Orleans at Tulane. DJ Moore had kind of an uncharacteristically – uh, shaky game. I mean, he had the fumble, which was a great play by the defender. Yeah. And then he had a pass, as he told us on the Mullen Haw show, that Bajan put exactly one place, only where he could get it. And he didn't come down with it. So that was a difficult spot to be in. But when you look at the passing game, when you look at the return possibly of fields, um, now Robert Tunyon might be have to use in the backfield with blasting game out concussion protocol. But uh, anything stand out when you watch the second time about uh, either the tight ends or the wide receivers? 
Well, you mentioned Cole, and as impressive as that first touchdown catch was, and I'm telling you, I told you on the air on Mullion Hall on Monday morning that that was a come halfway out of your seat in the press box type of catch because it looked like a sure interception, and then all of a sudden it's a Bears touchdown, and Cole's got his baseball bat out, and he's swinging for the fences and, and knocking one deep and doing the home run celebration. I thought the second touchdown catch was almost as impressive because of the way he held his block uh, on a play-action concept and then and then flung his defender to get free, and then Tyson laid that, that really nice nice play action uh, lobbed him in the end zone. And that's the type of play that you, you pay Cole Komet to make and he's making them on a regular basis. It's impressive there. I don't get as tied up in the worry about uh, DJ Moore's targets as I might. Otherwise, when you look at a first half where they put up 250 yards and if Cairo Santos hits that 40 yard field goal, they have 17 points. And so if you're talking about a 250 yard, 17 point half, you're going, okay, everything's humming here and the ball's being distributed and it's being, you know, it's being orchestrated well. And Foreman's got 10 carries and the, the quarterbacks rush six times and you've spread it around to Mooney and Komet and, and, and DJ Moore and Darrington Evans gets a check down. And so I'm fine with the, the flow of that offense, but I do think in big moments that your best receiver better be part of your plan. And we've documented parts of that. I would hope the target volume would go up a little bit, but the teams are, are, are scheming to make the Bears beat them in different ways. And if you can beat them in different ways, ultimately they're going to have to loosen those things up. There's going to be fewer opportunities for Cole Komet, fewer opportunities for Darnell Mooney, and more for DJ Moore. And so I'm okay with kind of the give and take of that cat and mouse game as the Bears go forward trying to find their their rhythm because they've been pretty good in terms of getting into to some rhythms here over the last uh, month and a half. I agree with that. I think that's well put, but, but I think what – gets you triggered a little bit is that when you see a play where DJ Moore is blocking for <laughs> Bayless Jones. I got no answers for that one. It should never be that case. So when when that happens, you're like, okay, how many targets is – oh, five targets? This is the best player on their offense. Why is there only five targets? So I get it, and teams will scheme differently, but that should never happen where you have your best receiver blocking for a guy who probably should be cut by now. And, and by the way, he almost he, he almost fumbled again, right? Like he he, he, he almost fumbled it was again. Called, it was called incomplete because he couldn't hold on to it long enough for it to be a completion. But he almost fumbled again, and it's like that one, I have no no excuse for, no defense for, like no designed place for Valus Jones going forward. And then he then, then he got a penalty later with a, with a face mask. So and, yeah. and the Flucy never had his back in the post game. He said, "You shouldn't do that as a professional football player." He's right. You shouldn't do that as a professional football player. So every week we seem to get the latest example and Bayless Jones becomes a convenient target and scapegoat because he keeps on doing things that lead to negative plays. But everything, there's always been a guy like who's easy to point to. Every regime seems to have one of those guys. Bayless Jones is certainly this for the Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus regime.